Well, how many know the Bible tells us that we have been, uh, uh, one of the New Testament words is we have been sanctified. Sanctified means to be set apart. Set apart for, for the Lord's purpose. Why do we do the, the things that we do? Why do we act and why do we worship and why do we sing and why do we get happy uh, in the presence of the Lord? Uh, well, that's what we're called to do. I mean, you could say a lot of things, but we're set apart to be with Him. Uh, we've been picked up out of the kingdom of darkness and placed in the kingdom of His Son. All right. Now, there are certain activities that are just normal for us. All right. When a, when a person experiences salvation and they experience that translation and transformation, but get placed into the kingdom of God, yet they don't uh, involve themselves primarily in life with kingdom activities, something feels off. Something's not right about that. Just like sometimes in, a, in an atmosphere where the glory of God is there, if an unbeliever is in that, they might feel like... I mean, something might feel off. All right. In other words, it might not be super comfortable. Why? Well, because there, in in that in that presence, there has to be a change, and then a cooperation with the Spirit of God for that to be normal. That's called repentance, right? Uh, when when the word was spoken in Acts, it would cut them to the heart. And then some responded correctly, and they repented, and some didn't. And they said, i got to get out of here. Ah! Right? Run, because they know there's a conflict between holy and unholy, between light and darkness. Or we give in, like many of us have. We already gave in, and we surrendered, and we said, help, I need to change here. And then we adapt, and we became part of that light. Now it's normal for us to do these type of things. Absolutely normal for us to worship. We've been set apart for that purpose. All right. So why do we pray? Why do we sing? Do we have to? Uh, no, it's just normal. That's just what we do in God's family. It's, we talk to our Father. We glorify Jesus for what He did. That's normal for us. All right? So if anyone's a believer and yet they're outside of that practice, that's the reason you're uncomfortable. Because you're acting abnormal in this place. You're, you know, to act like we did in the world, whether that's through sin or just an absence of participation in heavenly things, that lifestyle doesn't fit over here in God's kingdom. The only way for this to feel normal and and good is just to, you know, when you're set apart for a purpose, you fulfill that purpose and everything's smooth. Everything's good. Amen? Amen, amen. Praise God. Set apart. Set apart to do His will. We have been set apart from the world. Amen. Amen. Well, let's just wait for a moment. Father, we love you. We glorify you. We worship your name. We praise you all the day long. Thank you for what you're doing in us. You are working in us. 
Your spirit fills us, has filled us, and we're surrounded by you, Lord. We are surrounded by you, Lord. We glorify your name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. Praise God. Lord, speak to us tonight. Speak to us further. Say more. Say on, Lord. (laughs) Say on. What would you have us to know? What should we be enlightened about further today? We trust you. And you show us the way. And we participate in your, your, your glory and your grace. Thank you, Lord. This is our place. <laughs> this is our place. It's the place where we belong. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 We have found home. <laughs> we found where we belong, Lord. Glory to God. Created for this very purpose to be one with you surrounded by you and filled with you praise God and Lord just electrified with you Mm. hallelujah 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 change of direction some are dealing with a change of direction change of course Hmm. thank you Lord thank you Lord we hear and yield to you that we might be used that we might be in our place thank you Lord praise God we give you all the glory tonight oh thanksgiving and praise Unto your glorious holy name, the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen. Why don't you be seated tonight? Praise God. How's everybody doing? Good to have you here. Great to see you. If you're new with us on Wednesday night, welcome. We're glad you're here. Yay. This is a, we do these, this is a different kind of service than you might be used to. We just come to flow and yield and let the Spirit of God do great things. And and He always accommodates us and, uh, and gives us stuff. Praise God. This is not your, this is not your average seeker friendly service. (laughs) that doesn't mean if you're seeking you can't find you can find some good stuff in here but you'll notice there's a you'll notice it's an atmosphere that you know might be for some totally new new to that but you'll notice it's in the air there's a a tangibility to god and uh it's good amen i have a couple things on my heart i think i want to say Let's go. Let's look at the book of uh, Matthew. The book of Matthew, the tenth chapter. 
as I go along and minister in these services and in others on the weekends and minister in different places at various times, I'm always looking to be most effective, to be most fruitful and successful, whether I'm ministering through teaching or through the laying on of hands, through you know, for healing and, and various things, getting people filled with the Spirit. And, and just like all of us, we want to be um, successful. We want to do it in such a way where, you know, we're not in the way. But God is able to move freely through us and, uh, and powerfully change people's lives to His glory. And uh, I desire this so very much. And, I, you know, honestly, a lot of times I, I'll do something for years and then recognize what was happening. Uh, I mean, because it'll happen sporadically, but over a long period of time. And in recent times, I've, I've noticed some things, and, and some things that caught my attention as, I, as I've ministered to individuals through laying on of hands and through prophecy and, and through some of these things. And I, and I began to, you know, without me explaining those things in, in detail right now, some things grabbed my attention. Why does this always happen then? Why is this happening here and not here? You know, why am I able to help this individual, but not so much this individual? At least not with the same, bam. <laughs> and uh, and so I analyze and I think, and the Lord brings some of these to my attention. To my attention, I'm convinced things that I've seen happen over a period of time for years, and then, you know, and not really put two and two together, and not really figure it out. But then all of a sudden, go, oh, well, this. And this, and this. Well, this is what's happening there. I understand that now. This makes a little more sense. So I start immediately, you know, if you ever feel like you are seeing something, you, you get something. I don't know about you, but this is what I do. I start looking for scriptures. <laughs> you know what? Because I, I don't want to just have some revelation that's, um, you know, is a result of a pizza or, you know, Mexican food or something like that. Uh, but really is from the Spirit of God. And how many know if it's from the Spirit of God, uh, you're going to find it in, you're going to find a theme throughout the ministry of Jesus and the apostles and different ones. And, and, and you'll see something in scripture. So I, I began to consider the 10th chapter of Matthew. And, uh, let, let's read right from the beginning. I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but I want to read the first part and then, and then jump to the end. It says, and we had, when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. All right, so uh, how many know that they have it now? What do they have? They have power. In other words, they're anointed. They have the power of God to do what? Heal a couple diseases, a couple sicknesses. No, he said all. He gave them power over every unclean spirit. Right? Over every sickness, over every disease. It was no limited, they'll just work now and then a few places at a different times. No, it worked for everyone, every, in every situation, every disease, small and large, gave them power to take care of everything. And it goes on and names the, the twelve apostles. And, uh, and then Jesus gave them some instructions. Uh, let's see verse five. He said, don't go to the Gentiles. He said, I want you to go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. 
He said, I want you to preach in verse 7, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then he said, I want you to go and heal the sick and cleanse the lepers and raise the dead and cast out demons. Freely you've received, freely give. And so he's given them instructions on how they should conduct themselves, how they should carry out their ministry. And it wasn't just free for all, shoot from the hip. He said, this is where I want you to go. This is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to say. And so they were following instructions. And uh, I know this in my, in my endeavors to help people get it. Whatever that it might be at the time, it could be a myriad of things, but it's it's something specific for that moment. Um, I want to do my utmost best to be a help to a person and not, you know, let me say it this way. I don't want to just quickly throw off a lack of results onto someone else. And say, well, if you just had some faith, then you'd get it. And if you didn't, well, it's on you. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, it's easy for a preacher to do that. To, to just quickly go to, you know, you're healed, but you're not healed, and you're not healed, and you're not healed, and you're not helped. Must be you. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Uh, because there's an element of potential truth there, but I don't want to quickly go there. You know what I'm talking about? In other words, I want to make sure I'm not just in in any lack of success or fruit, always just pointing at the other person and saying, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> That's why there's... I, I, I first off want to look at my own life and say, okay, am I doing this in an effective way? Could I say it better? You know what I'm talking about? Could I minister better? How's my life and my, uh, am I staying full of the Spirit myself so that I can effectively minister uh, to individuals? Okay. And I think that's a good approach for us to have. Uh, if something doesn't work, um, we know God's always on. He always works. <laughs> Power of God is never inefficient. You know, it's like when someone asked me recently, I said this before, what do you do if someone doesn't get healed? I said, we stick with it. That's my approach because there's something, there's a lack of connection somewhere. If it's me, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, do whatever I know to do. I'm going to figure this thing out. I'm going to pray. We're going to get, if it's that other person, I'm, I'm going to try to help them along. Help move them to a place where they can receive God's best. All right. And so in this situation, Jesus empowered them, told them what to say, told them how to say it, uh, told them where to go. Um, verse Notice uh, verse 9, he said, Provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money belts, nor bag for your journey, nor tunics, nor sandals, nor staffs, for a worker is worthy of his food. Now whatever city or town you enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and stay there till you go out. And when you go into a household, if the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. You know, and sometimes it would be in a a greeting, I think, but not just in a, hey, what's up, how's it going, just real uh, light like that, but peace be on you. You know, it's a common greeting in different parts of the world. But they would let their peace be on that. And that's a real, that's not just a nice thing to say. Peace is a powerful part of God. 
All right, it is wholeness, it is soundness, it is rest, it is, it is a whole bunch of stuff, okay? It's prosperity in the whole nine yards, all right? Uh, what verse was I in? 13. If a household is worthy, let your peace be on it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whoever will not receive you nor hear your words, when you depart from that house or city, shake off the dust from your feet. Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. All right. And so he went on to say a bunch of other things and talk to him. But uh, this this was his instructions regarding uh, him ministering to these people and what they should do in the event of reception and the event of rejection, how they should act. Uh, but do notice that their ministry was not entirely resting upon them doing the right thing. Certainly it was necessary that they had the right message. That they have the power which He gave them. That they were following the Lord's instructions and going to the right people. All those things were crucial components to effective ministry. But there was another component in there. And it was a big if. He said, I want you to find the right place. And, and if they accept you, then bam. Peace. That means the working of God goes out into that house. And if they don't, uh, make their house dusty. Right? Shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. Your peace comes back to you, all right? And they will not benefit from you being there. Oftentimes, usually in that situation, things people actually go into a worse state when they're offered and they reject. When something good comes and they say no. That's a, usually a turning point in a person's life. The goodness comes, the blessing comes, God shows up, He sends the person, and they take the wrong choice. They never stay the same. You go one way or another. Okay? But let's go down and look at uh, the last part of this chapter. Uh, there we go. Verse 40. Verse 40. Jesus in this whole discussion now says, he who receives you receives who? Me. And he who receives me receives him who sent me. Now that's a principle that Jesus talked about a number of times. It's a very big New Testament pr principle uh, that in order for, if you back it up now, for the Father... To be received in a person's life. How many know they have to receive Jesus? Someone said, oh, you know, all the religions of the world. We all worship the same God. We're all... See, that's not true, though. Just because someone says something and it seems like, oh, yeah, that wouldn't that be nice. <laughs> God is not schizophrenic. He's not saying one thing about himself to one group and saying the opposite about himself to another group. Are you listening to me? And, 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 and the Lord Jesus himself said, no one, no one comes to the Father but by me. I mean, someone said, well, I think there, there are lots of paths to God. Well, then Jesus is lying or he's crazy. Because he made an absolute statement. You can't just rub that away. How many know that's true? You can't just act like he didn't say that. Say, well, Jesus is just one of the ways. No, he said he's the only way. Is he right or not? You know, if he's wrong, 
Well, then you got to go into that and, and look at that. But if he's right, he's right. Huh? And so, uh, in order to receive the Father, in other words, to receive God in my life, I have to receive Jesus in my life. And the way I, the, the way we, we often, in this case, they were going out to preach, the way people receive Jesus, this is where it might rub you the wrong way, but this is what he said. You have to receive a person. You have to receive an individual. Why? Well, that's the way God likes to do it. He likes to delegate. He does. He delegates out. And if someone doesn't receive the messenger, they're not going to receive that message. And by not receiving that message, they're not receiving the Lord Jesus. And then they're not going to get to the Father. Okay. He said, he who receives you, receives me. He who receives me, receives him who sent me. Verse 41. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And... Whoever gives one of these little ones a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly, I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. Now, all this stuff points to an individual, and this is the context of Jesus sending people out. It's interesting. He didn't say whoever gives one of these kids a cup of water is gonna, not going to lose a reward. No. He said, if you'll do it in the name of a disciple... If you'll do it in the name of the one who is following the Lord Jesus. That carries weight with God. He said, you'll be rewarded for acknowledging, for honoring, for giving place to, and doing something in the name of, or in the place of, and the authority of one who follows me. If someone does something with their name on it because of God working with them, God honors that and rewards it. All right. Now watch. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And then it goes on. Uh, I got to figure out a way in order to say this, these things in now for a moment. <laughs> uh there is something in here. Let me back up. This is a better way to say it. How does one receive a prophet and therefore and a righteous man? And really, if we, I don't believe that Jesus was explaining a principle that only is categorized by righteous and prophet. But really, you could put any ministry gift in there in addition to a righteous person which would be in our day the whole body of Christ right I mean you could put apostle prophet evangelist pastor teacher really you could put other other gifts and ministries I think in there and in association with receiving the person who stands in that office or has that gift there is a connecting Reward and blessing. So, first of all, when he's talking about receiving 
a person. That goes back up to the first part of the chapter. When he said, I want you to go in these places, I want you to bring this message, I want you to inquire who you should stay with, who's worthy of this, and if they receive you. What do you mean if they receive you? Well, one of the things the Lord told them, he said, when you go, do not take your stuff. Do not provide for yourself. I don't want you to go out there and I I, I don't want you to go out and take a couple weeks off, make some money for this missionary trip. He said, I want you just to show up. And when you go, them receiving them, what does that mean? It means they're going to take care of them. It means they're going to be accepted in their house. They're going to put food in their belly. They're going to give them all the natural necessities that they need while they are there doing the Lord's work and preaching His message. Okay, so when the Scripture says, when when the Lord Jesus here says, He who receives you receives me, He's not talking about just being sweet to them, just being kind. But he is t- this reception of the person involves, uh, I think it can be various, but it definitely involves um, blessing them, meeting their needs, uh, hospitality. It, it involves doing things for them, taking care of them. He said, if they'll do that for you, you let your peace come in there. The peace of God will go out into that house and it will do things for them. It will supply and satisfy and heal and, and, and do wonderful things. Everybody with me? Okay. So they were told, don't take care of yourself. Don't provide for yourself. He said, you just go. Why? It seems the Lord, well, again, he delegates, but he wanted people to have the option to receive them or to reject them. And it was on them. But if they would receive, they would, those people that received the Lord's disciples, the Lord's messengers and the Lord's apostles, they would get the peace of God to stay with them in their house. All right. Now, now let me say this as I'm talking. He didn't say here, he who receives a righteous man becomes righteous. Right? How many know you still have to, you still have your own relationship with God? But you get the rewards that are due and that that righteous person has. I can talk about some of those in a minute if we want. Uh, he didn't say, if you receive a prophet, then you become a prophet. You receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, and now you're a prophet too. No. No. But you get the benefits of that gifting. Of that anointing on in in your life. I remember years ago, Brother Hagen used to tell used to tell us when when he was traveling, and back then, oftentimes traveling ministers would stay in the homes of pastors, as opposed to more frequently now it's hotels and so forth. At least in our country. And, uh, and, and, and one of the things he told us, see, when I'd go and stay with someone, they'd take care of me, they'd feed me, and they'd, they'd uh, bless me and do all this kind of stuff. Before I left, I'd tell them what's going to happen in their life. Because he, he stood in that office of a prophet. He said, he said I was, that was the reward of the, uh, of the prophet for their life. I'd prophesy to them and tell them what's coming. I thought, oh, okay. That's good. 
And so I'm considering these things and, and thinking about scriptures again. Look, look for a moment at Second uh, Kings. The book of Second Kings and the fourth chapter. Uh, let's look at eight. Now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem. Is that right? Shunem? Uh, where there was a, a notable woman and she persuaded him to eat some food. You would, like, Joe, have you ever had to be persuaded to eat food? No, I didn't think so. Anyway, <laughs> so it was as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. So whenever he's in the area, hey, let's stop by uh, the Shunammite woman's house and get some food. And she said to her husband, look, now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room in the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and lampstand. So it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. So what are they doing? Not only does he come by and they say, let's feed the man, feed him. And it came, became a regular thing. Whenever he was in town, he got a, he got a meal at these people's house. And then she said, well, let's make him a room. Why are they doing that? To make some extra money? A little rent on the side, you know, <laughs> multiple streams of income. And no, no, she just wanted to bless the man of God. All right. And so he could stay there. And it happened one day that, that, that he came there and, and turned into the upper room and, and lay down there. Then he said to Gehazi, his servant, uh, call the Shunammite woman. When he had called her, she stood before him. And he said to her, say, uh, and he said to him, say now to her, look, you have been concerned for us with all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak? On your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army, she answered, I dwell among my own people. So he said, uh, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi said, actually, she has no son and her husband is old. And that was by many uh, in their day, many women, that was considered to be, you know, that was kind of a really shameful thing. You know, they felt really bad about not bearing children. To be barren was, you know. Not something they'd be too excited about. I know not, not even today, but I mean, in their day, it was a much bigger deal. Um, verse 15. So he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway. And he said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. But the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come, which Elisha had told her. So. What are we seeing here? We're seeing that Elisha was received by her. How was he received? Not just by she said amen whenever he preached. Or she accepted the message. But she, uh, they were literally going out of their way to take care of someone whom God sent. And bless him. And what happened then the gift worked back in her life. Does that make sense? Yep. All right. Then 
in other words, she received the prophet in the name of a prophet and got the prophet's reward. He prophesied to her about a son and that came to pass and so forth. And she was, she was increased and blessed as a result of that ministry. You know, another place um, in, uh, in Luke, this happened with Jesus and Peter. Look at Luke. Whatever chapter you think. Um, five. Luke five. Well, let's just start verse one. So, so it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were, fit, were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, Simon is Peter, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitude from the boat. Whose boat? Simon's boat. All right. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And you can read the rest, but the end result was what? A boatload of fish. <laughs> he caught, a, and he had been fishing all day, not caught a thing. And then he received the Lord. How did he receive the Lord? He let the Lord use his boat. Huh? He got involved in the work of God, in the kingdom of God, in the ministry of Jesus by... Letting him use the boat. Say, that's not a big deal. Who said it has to be a big deal? A lot of times it's, it's heart. It's a heart issue. Okay? And a person receives with a, right, with a right and proper attitude. And that allows the blessing of God to flow. So when Jesus sent these apostles out into the villages, it wasn't about, you know, someone earning their, uh, you know, their ministry or earning God's gifts. It's really never been about that. But it is about the attitude of a heart that will receive a person. And that is shown and demonstrated in natural activity. And when they would, they'd receive. I mean, what were they there to do? Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. They were there to preach the good news. But some people said that they didn't receive them, meaning they didn't provide and take care of them and and supply for them. And therefore, it shut off the ministry of, of God. See, see, we can be like this, or we can be like, and if you read the, the gospel accounts in, in order, you'll see that this is connected to, in, uh, in the book of Mark, when, I mean, this teaching following, when Jesus went to his own hometown and could do no mighty work there, because remember, they were offended at him. In other words, we could say it this way, they didn't receive him. Jesus came in there to minister in the in Nazareth, and he couldn't get any. Nothing would happen. He couldn't get the power to flow. Just a few minor things happened. Few uh, small illnesses were healed, but it wasn't a massive display of God's power like it normally was in many places. And why? Because God was limited. Yes, but why was God limited? Because the people didn't receive Jesus. Now, what do we mean? We didn't. He, they didn't receive him. It doesn't mean they didn't receive him as a carpenter. Because they did. It wasn't just that they were uh, unkind to him as a 
human being that they grew up with. They just didn't receive him in the name of a prophet. In the name of the Messiah. In the name of a teacher. In the name of. Alright. They received him as something else. And therefore it limited the gifting from blessing their lives. But if they would have received him in accordance with who he was. Then what happened? Then the power flows. Then the gifts of God work. Is this making any sense? You know, I wrote down some scriptures as I was pondering this about the righteous person. I thought, because I, I got, you know, I asked myself questions. Well, what's a righteous person's reward? You know, if I'm going to receive a righteous person, which is the body of Christ, you know, we're all righteous in him now. Uh, what's a righteous person's reward? And I noticed a lot of scriptures uh, from this uh, and didn't, didn't search the whole Bible, but. Just look through the Psalms and different places and, and read scriptures like, For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor you will surround him with a shield. I see protection and favor and blessing. And if I receive a righteous person, huh, favor and blessing and protection is, that re- is part of that reward. You know, I see the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. I see the righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. Uh, uh, David said, I've been young and now I'm old, yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread, supplied. So you can see a, a lot of the blessings of the righteous are all things that, yep, I want that. I want to cooperate with the principles of God's kingdom that, that, that show me that, that I need to do right towards people. I need to do right towards individuals. All right. When, when, you know, when we have uh, guests in at different times, guest ministers in. Whatever their gifting is, prophet or evangelist or teacher, whatever, uh, whatever their gifting is or pastor or something. Uh, that, that's not really the issue. Uh, what I seek to do and, and what our, uh, I want our attitude towards individuals like that to be is one of reception. Know what I mean by that? Take care of them. Bless them. Go out, you know, we want to go out of our way to make sure everything is, is taken care of and handled and, and they just are taken care of in every natural way. Why? Well, one, it's honorable. It's the right thing to do. But in doing so, we're doing that for the Lord. We're doing that for Jesus and we're doing that for the Father. And you know what happens in the context of that is all all these examples. Boatload of fish, you know. Barrenness gets turned into pregnancy, (laughs) fruitfulness, yeah. Yeah. you know, all, all these things happen. The healing power, all the, the things that God wants to do and is in that gifting, those things are able to manifest without hindrance. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And so, uh, I'm not sure how far I should go on this. Well... This is just between us, right? <laughs> Some of these things uh, 
the only reason I'm hesitant to say it because I don't want it to come across the wrong things to come across the wrong way. Uh, I am in in no way seeking anyone to do anything for me, and so I'm here to serve. I'm here to lay my life down for you, and uh, and there is no other motive in any teaching like this. And uh, you know, it's just things that I've seen. Um, I remember. Well, in fact, I I was pondering some of these things. I I called a, a friend of mine in ministry. I said, "Have you ever noticed this happening with you?" I said, "Because I've noticed this." It's been happening a long time, but I've noticed this happening, and all of a sudden it's brought to my remembrance, and these situations are drawn to my mind. I think there's something here, and uh, and and he said he reminded he reminded me of a story that again uh, Brother Hagen uh, uh, told uh, years ago of a situation where. Uh, when he was ministering, and he would minister uh, to this one family, and the kids would, you know, when he's pastoring, the kids would get uh, in, you know, sickness or something, stuff like that. He'd go pray for them, and you know, it was just the hardest thing for them ever to get healed. And then yet there was this other situation, this other family, and they would receive so quick, and they'd always just get healed real quick. And he'd minister to them, and they'd receive, and everything would be great. And what he noted, noted about the individuals, he said, the one, the one family uh, that were hard to get help. It was hard to help them. He said it wasn't that they weren't in church. He said they were faithful in church and uh, they were there serving and all this kind of stuff. Uh, But, you know, he'd go over, they'd call for help and he'd go over to see them and you know, he'd bring the doorbell and just kind of wait. <laughs> no, you know, they'd be in absolutely no hurry. And finally, maybe someone would eventually answer. And, oh, yeah, go ahead and go back there. And and it was just a real casual, might even just say disrespectful attitude towards him. But how many know it wasn't just him, some Joe Blow? There was a gift there. There was an anointing on his life. And they were, they probably didn't realize, they were hindering the power of God from going into their kids. Say they just treated it real, doesn't matter. Whereas this other family, even though they had some other areas of their life that probably weren't as in order as the other family, he said he'd go, he'd go visit and, and go help them when they had, uh, they'd call and they wanted help with their kids. And they would be so quick to respond and respectful and just do whatever. He'd go in there and the power of God would just flow right into them. I thought, hmm, there's something really to this. This is what this is exactly what the Lord Jesus is teaching here, and sometimes people just just they just dismiss this kind of stuff and well it's just me and the Lord and and uh, well how we treat one another is how we treat the Lord, huh? I mean we should be looking to be receptive of of each other of the righteous or of ministry gifts or whatever the case might be, uh, so that we don't hinder God from working in our lives. I've seen. I've seen in individuals where, uh, I mean, being a pastor, but 
the Lord has dealt with me at times. He put individuals on my heart that I thought, mm, I need to, I need to reach out to this person. I need to minister to them. And, and I'd call and they'd blow me off, you know, just very, just not very important. And, you know, no hurry to get back. And I, and I didn't tell them that up front, but I had something from the Lord. I had a directive from the Lord to minister to them, to say something to them. But, you know, they didn't get it. They never got what God wanted to do in their life. Why? Eh. Now, it's not being mean. It's not, I'm not talking they're, you know, cussing me out or anything. <laughs> I'm not talking that kind of rejection. Just too casual. Just too, eh, whatever. You know, I'm busy. I just, you know what I'm talking about? And I've seen other individuals. And this is what I was leading to. I didn't know if I'd say, but I won't be specific. But I've seen other individuals, and this caught my attention. It caught my attention. because, And don't get me wrong. Let me preface what I'm about to say that you don't know I'm about to say but I'm with this other thing. <laughs> the Lord has used me and will continue to use me in people's lives I've never met. I don't know uh, I've had no contact with or in a church our size that I don't have any kind of one-on-one with ever. And the Lord will still work through me. The anointing will flow to people. And, and I've seen it happen and continue to see it happen. But one of the things that has stood out to me is why in the world, do I, when I minister to certain individuals, is it so easy and so quick and so powerful and, and, and that I hadn't recognized and then it caught my attention how they had received me. Now, others may have, but I just was unaware of it. And, but there's a connection there in God's power flowing. I think, why do I always get something? Why is it always so powerful if I pray for this person? Why do I always get a word to give to this individual? And I know that it is an attitude of the heart in those people. It is a respect for what God is doing. And that respect is not just bypassing other people, but goes through other people to the Lord. And in these situations that I'm, that I'm referencing me. And I didn't see that. And I thought, well, why is it that, bam, why is it so quick and so easy? And I think it's the heart of that person in their respect for the Lord and the respect for his choice, the respect for his people, the respect for his offices and his gifts and different things that allows those things to work towards that individual on a greater level than someone who's just, you know, blows everything off and it just doesn't really matter. And, and you know what I'm talking about? Praise God. Anyway, I, I say these things. I hope they're not received in a, any kind of wrong way. Uh, but, but they're received in the spirit in which they're intended. Um, the Lord wants to help us. He really does. Because I'm always a, I'm a student of the word. I'm a student of the spirit. Of the flow of the spirit. Because I love it. And I want, man, I want to be, I don't want to be a dirty pipe. <laughs> You know, I want my thinking straight. I want there to be, uh, you know, free flow of God's power through me to individuals. Um, but, but I analyze sometimes when people, 
ask me questions and sometimes how I get quick answers. All this, and I know immediately what they should do. And other times, huh, I probably shouldn't be saying this, huh? This lacks, lowers everyone's confidence in my ability to minister. Well, I'll just confess up front, I don't know everything. You already knew that. <laughs> There's a whole lot I don't know and, and I can't fix everyone, but I just want to yield to the Spirit of God. You know, bring the Word, but bring a Word for now. A God-breathed Word for an individual's life and, their, and, and situations. And to whatever I can do to up my game, I'm doing it, you know. But what I want to encourage and help, I want us to up our corporate game. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, you know, one man of God, I remember hearing years ago, and he would say, he was a traveling minister. He said, I'd go to different places all the time and minister in different churches. He said, whenever I got to this one church, though, he said, it was such an easy flow. He said gifts of the Spirit would just flow quickly and easily. And sometimes people just say, well, you just, need to, you just need to pray more. You know, you just need to pray more for the gifts of the Spirit and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, why is it that this one place you just go there and they just work? And you go somewhere else and it's like preaching to a wall. You know, I'm telling, telling you there are heart conditions there is a, a place of honor and respect to the things of God that we can have. And it really, um, uh, it really allows the Spirit to, to do what he's, what's normal. Praise God. Amen. That's the word. It's conducive. Conducive to the, to the flow of the Spirit. Where our other attitudes are not. You know, remember Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before swine. Don't uh, give what's holy unto the dogs, you know. In other words, there's, there's certain things that God wants to do and has, but unless people are going to honor what He's saying and respect and value the things that He's given. I mean, why don't you put a pearl in a pig's nose? Because the, the pig doesn't have a clue what that thing's worth. They won't appreciate it, you know. Why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you give the holy things of God to some uh, individuals? Because they don't respect it. They're not going to do anything with it. They don't care about it. Amen. Amen. So, you know, bottom line, uh, we, we've all got something going on in us. We've all got something of God going on in us. And we should look at each other. Like, like Paul said, we, we no longer see each other after the flesh. Uh, we look at each other. We view each other in light of uh, the gift of God in light of the positioning of God that, hey, I need to, I need to bless and receive this person because, you know, just in case God sent them <laughs> to me, I want their peace on me. Huh? I don't want when they leave for them to take all the good stuff with them, but I want them to leave it in my life. Amen. Amen. And that way we benefit one from another, the body of Christ, but we also have respect for one another and for the gifts of God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, I don't know if I said everything I was supposed to say, but that's all I can think of. Amen. I trust that that, that will help and uh, help us all to, to come up. Father, we're so thankful today for what you're doing in us. Thank you for the gifts of God. Thank you for, for sending people our way, ministry gifts, 
other gifts in the body. Thank you, Lord. You sent someone to share the gospel with us. We received them and we received you. (laughs) And we received him who sent you. Father, now we have our personal relationship with you. Father, I thank you for every individual. Now lead us, guide us, direct us in all we should say and do, how we should act, how we should conduct ourselves towards others. And we do so all in respect of you and what you might have them to do in our lives that we might benefit, that we might partake of all the goodness of God. Thank you, Lord, tonight. Thank you, Lord, tonight. Just wait on the Lord with me. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fatima go malati. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Oh, we thank you, Lord. And so, Father, I just reach out to these tonight and I bless them in the name of the Lord. I speak blessing health favor and long life and material blessing I speak you your life over them now and I thank you for great peace that manifests in them great peace and prosperity manifests in their lives today to Jesus be all the glory and all the honor and all the praise hallelujah thank you Holy Spirit for moving out and moving among and moving in every person tonight in Jesus name Lord well up inside (laughs) like a spring blowing off its top the spirit of God the anointing of you that overflows and bubbles out and flows in Jesus name thank you Lord for working in each one tonight in Jesus mighty name we give you all the praise and glory hallelujah Amen, amen. Praise God.